0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to Vit Friends Podcast, Living Life in Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VitFriends is a national Vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullano. For information about Vitiligo, Vitfriends, support groups, and ways you can support our Vitiligo Awareness Initiative, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. That is www.vitfriends.org. For questions and comments, email us at supportvitfriends.org. At and for today's show, I would like to welcome Christine Zacardi. Welcome, Ms. Zicardi.
0: Hi, thank you for inviting me to be part of this today.
1: Yes, yes, welcome, welcome on this nice, sunny, beautiful. Sunday afternoon, football's happening, which I'm missing right now, but we're going to talk.
0: (laughs) We don't watch too many sports in our house, so um, fortunately, I'm not missing anything right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. So before we get started with our discussion, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you're from and what type of work you do, and then we will dive right into our discussion.
0: So my name is Christine Zaccardi. Um, I'm currently a librarian at Fox Road Elementary School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, but I started out in New York. My husband and I grew up in Queens, right outside of New York City. Um, and uh, after we got married, we were both working in the city, and we just didn't want that lifestyle anymore. So about eight years ago, we moved down here to North Carolina, um, and Fox Road was The first school that I started working at down here, when I was in New York, I originally started out working as a first grade teacher. Um, I spent about seven years doing that while I was going back to school to get my degree in library science, Um, and then I started working in a middle school library, which is a completely different experience if you're an elementary school teacher at heart, which I think I am, um, so that was a really interesting three years of my life. Um, right. And then when I came down here I was like, I'm going back to my the little people where I belong. So
1: um
0: <laughs> I was lucky to be able to be hired at Fox Road and I love it there so much. Um that
1: oh, I've been there awesome. ever since. That is awesome. It is a great place to work. So I brought you on as a librarian because I do want to talk and, and I'm gonna explain to my listeners because some may say why are we talking to a librarian? This is vitiligo, and, you know, we want to talk about vitiligo awareness. However, you have a unique position to help spread vitiligo awareness. So before we get into that, um, what are your roles as a librarian and let's say our elementary school system? Because I think you wear so many hats that people don't know. They only see what we see on TV, the librarian with the glasses, and she's constantly telling you to be quiet and only knows books. So, what are your roles as a librarian?
0: <laughs> um, you know, it's it is it's it's wearing many different hats, um, sometimes all at the same time. Um, I feel like there's um, there's the 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 proper answer, which is you know my role is to educate and empower our students to become lifelong learners, right? To learn about Um, How to access information, how to evaluate information, how to find books that they love to read. And then there's the answer that I feel like is in my heart, the one that I um, act on all the time, which is I feel like my role is to make children feel welcome. Um, to make right. adults feel welcome. I feel like the library, you know, when we think about it, and we talk about it as like the the hub of the school or the heart of the school, right, you want it to be a place where people want to go. You know, the reason I go to work every day and and drive, you know, 40 minutes to work is because I, I love being right. there. I love what I do. It makes me happy. And I want people to come in and feel that sense of happiness and belonging when they're there. And I think... Our role as librarians, like you said, it's, it's a unique position where we do have the opportunity to be able to push um, and further people's thinking and, and further their exposure by the materials that we present. Even, you know, so far as like the posters we hang up, just everything right. is an experience for people to be able to, um, to see and to learn about themselves and about others.
1: Awesome. So we work at an international baccalaureate school. Can you speak briefly on that and then talk about how your role may be a little bit different at an IB school compared to a traditional school, or is it the same?
0: Um, I feel like at an IB school, I feel like my role is just a more concentrated version of what any librarian would do, um, you know. At an IB school, we really focus on inquiry. We want students to be engaged in their learning, and follow their paths of inquiry. And, you know, that's basically what librarians do: is they help students um, channel their inquiry and find out, find resources that'll support their learning and their investigations. So that is just a standard part, Um, I also think, you know, we want to raise, at an IB school, we want to raise our kids to be really global citizens and really aware of the world around them. And so I think in that sense, it pushes me even further to just do even more to expose students to other cultures, other practices, really try to broaden their worldview. And we do happen to have a very diverse body of students and staff and so um what i see is that normally as we're trying to expose them to other practices there are students that will be like oh that's me i do that you know like right. so it, it's we're making people feel seen which i think is so important
1: right So and, essentially, and things, i don't think I, oh, oh. sorry no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just
0: going to say essentially I don't think I'm doing anything much different from other librarians, just maybe um, maybe a little more global awareness.
1: Right. And I was going to say that's important for our kids to be able to go into the library and see where they connect and with books. And that's kind of my next question. Um, I would say even within our vitiligo community, you know, we – we want to be able to go into a library and say, oh, I can find a book about my skin, about my vitiligo. And right now Mm -hmm. that is hard to do. However, um, Mm -hmm. we'll get into that a little bit more uh, in a few more questions later. Uh, Explain the importance of having diverse books available for students, family, and staff.
0: So um, Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop was really... um, she coined the term that we should have windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors when we think about the literature that we have available for students and one another. And the idea is that, you know, by having windows, we're able to look into these stories and see these other ways of living, right? What it could be like to to be someone else um, in another country, what it could be like to be someone else Um, you know, of a different race, and we build empathy by doing that, right, because we get an understanding by putting ourselves into the feet of that main character and being like, okay, wow, you know, and I I think that's such an important, important part of our journey in education. Um, The idea of mirrors is huge, too, and I think um, we can't... um, underline enough that it's not just for students, right? Like you just said like right. as adults, we want to feel seen too. We want to feel a, a connection, like we're not alone in the world. I think that's a very human thing to to want to belong. And you know, as as a white woman, I think I can take for granted that like I can find myself in a lot of, you know, growing up most right. of the books that I read the main characters were white. And you don't realize the significance then of just how important it is if you don't see yourself in books when you finally do. there have been adults in our building that have made connections to the books in our in our elementary school library and said, "Oh my gosh, that character like I have the same hairstyle you know like it's right It's such a, a huge, huge sense of, of belonging, and it's so important. and so um, I think. You know, I, I in general, I, I feel that this work is important and I wouldn't stop doing it. But the response that I see from staff and students just, you know, pushes me even further to realize, look at how important this is. You know, every time a student right. raises their hand when I'm reading a story and a character is wearing a hijab and they go, oh, my mom wears a hijab, you know, that to me is like proof that we're – um, recognizing and and saying, like, you're important to us. We see you, you're here, and look, you're part of stories, too.
1: Right. And, and you know, and that is very important. Um, you know, I have a comic book club. Of course, we didn't have it last year, well, this year due to the virus, but I always mm-hmm. try to push diversity and and show the kids, you know, you can be a hero, too, you know, no matter what you look like, no matter how tall, small, your size, doesn't matter whether you have a disability or not. You, too, can be a hero, you know, and and I do feel like as we continue to push, like, the Vitiligo Awareness Initiative, we will become more mainstream in this world where people recognize it's okay for somebody's skin to look different. It's okay, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like we, we're getting there. We're making small steps, but there are still steps, you know, like Mattel mm-hmm. made a Vitiligo Barbie. Um, we do have models that. Uh, that you'll see, and actors that you're starting to see, and there's a football coach that has vitiligo. So you're starting to see it being normalized. Not as much as it could be. And I'm still waiting for that one superhero that shows up that has vitiligo. Um, We could say Domino from Deadpool 2 was sort of that first one, but they never talked about it. They never addressed it. But, you know, you look at her eye and you go, oh, that's vitiligo. Um, So I think as we continue to get get the word out, we can get that awareness and we can get more diverse books. Um, but in, in pushing forward to talk about books, what are some book titles that you would recommend for, um, I would say students, staff, and parents alike that would really speak to, you know, loving your skin and loving who you are as a person? And I can throw one out there. was Lapita Nyong'o's book, on um, Zoe. That's a very great book, you know, and it really talks about loving who you are as a person. But what are some other books that you can speak of?
0: Um, Solway was. It, it is such a, a gorgeous book. I really do love it for its, um, for its story. And I always love reading, you know, the little author note at the end where she talks about um, just the importance of the story, that it's not just right. – a story to have a story it's a story because it's based on you know how she felt growing up and how it her journey was you know to, to learn to love herself and and like you said like it just it takes more awareness and normalization and it takes us talking about it for it to really become you know second nature where we're you know we see an individual with vitiligo and we don't you know it we don't have to stare because we're we're like, right. oh, yeah, you know, oh oh there's oh, there's oh, there's Mark, oh, there's John, you know it, right. it um it takes away that that surprise factor of it, I guess. Um, as far as book titles, you know, I really do wish there was more on Vitalego itself. Um, right you I was so fortunate that you donated like two titles to our library. Right. Right. you know, when when librarians are are looking for books, a lot of times we go with these large book vendors, the um, book producers, like we go with these big name companies. And so sometimes we only get these like mass produced titles. So we're not getting some of the, you know, independently published books or right. some of the smaller known names. And so, and some of those books even, um, when you search for them, they're not associated with vitiligo. Right. Like the the one book that you, for us, um, Different, was it Different Like Me? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Different Like Me by Lori Mitchell. So that just shows up as like a book about individuality, you know, and which is right. great because we want to be able to talk about that. But if we're specifically trying to broach the topic of vitiligo, it's great to have, um, you know, access to, to really find those quickly. Um,
1: right. I love, now, so here's a quick fun
0: question.
1: fact about, go ahead. Oh, do your fun fact, and I have a quick question for you about that.
0: Okay, so fun fact about me. I <laughs> um, I feel like whenever someone asks me for book titles, my immediate reaction is, What is a book? Like, have I ever read a book before? Like, I feel like my brain just, like, empties of everything I ever read. And then, like, two hours later, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I forgot these 45 titles that, like, I know and love. So um, as we're talking, more titles will come to me as as my anxiety levels die down.
1: And, and you can always email me um, the titles, and I can share them all on the website, and that's not a problem because I understand that. somebody puts you on the spot, you're like, uh, I don't know. You don't remember. Um, <laughs> but how can we, and I say we, uh, because this podcast goes globally around the world, so you have people in various countries, various you know, um, states here in the U.S. How can we partner with school systems? And I know every system's different to get our books into them. You know, I just went to you and say, hey, here's some books I want to donate, but I know it may not be that easy somewhere else in the U.S. or even outside the U.S., but is, is it just that easy to go to the librarian and say, here are some books to donate, or, or is there a process to it?
0: I would love to say that it is that easy, um, and I would go on a limb and say, in a lot of places, it probably will be. You know, um, I think your librarian is a great avenue because they're looking to provide all sorts of books and information, and so that would be like a great um, person to start with when you're reaching out to schools. Um, we've, as a school system, we've received books before from various organizations where they're looking to donate, and each school has a. Um, you know, a a policy of their own about how they receive donations. And typically it just um, donations will be looked at and evaluated the way any book that would be for purchase would be evaluated before being added to their collection. So, you know, it may end up being like, Um, some schools may say, oh, this isn't something that we're looking for right now. I mean, you know, I can't say off the top, top, like, oh, 100% of schools are going to take it. And I think part of that is because it's not so well-known right now. And I I don't, you know, everyone's on this different journey of, you know, how broad their collection is um, and and how how much they want to encompass. and, And part of that is, education itself so um you know if you're looking to 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 reach out i would also include like some information just to like sort of
1: pique Mm -hmm.
0: their interest and 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 help them recognize the importance of why this should be a part of their collection and something that they're able to present and offer to others
1: Okay, and that sounds great once the world opens up where it's safely to go into schools to do. I know we can still do it <laughs> virtually, but here is a question um and I'm not sure if you can you have an answer for it, but how could an organization like let's say BitFriends, how can we build a partnership with um you know public and school based libraries to you know do presentations and, and submit, you know, like we have this book here, but we have this offer we would like for, you know, him or her to, you know, present to all the students or present to a group of parents at a PTA meeting. How could we do that?
0: Um, again, I think, you know, reaching out to schools, you know, at our school, as you know, we have an equity team. So schools that have equity teams would that be another way, another avenue of outreach Besides just their librarian, um, okay. typically um, within school systems, there's, you know, a centralized office, like a Department of Library Services that you could speak to and sort of like, you know, try to top down make your way into the schools. Um, right. I think, you know, the, that having... And I know, like, right now, like you said, we can't. But having those, like, conversations with students, like you were a guest speaker last year, is huge. Uh-huh. It's so important. And I think that is helpful because then you're you're getting such a large audience and you're um, educating the teachers as well as the students at the same time and gathering everyone's interest. And, you know, you start to have... Students asking for those materials, I find that a lot of times when I book talk things, you know, topics I would think, you know, a student wouldn't just automatically come to me and say, like, I'm looking for books where children are, live in foster homes or foster care, for example. Right. And if I happen to be book talking it, all of a sudden kids are like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to read about that, like, you know, that's important to me. So um, sort of piquing their interest starts to get them to think outside the box of, like, Oh my! Oh, I can I can ask for this and sort of. I always try to empower students to to know that like they can ask for things that they don't see. Like, do you not see something here that you want? Ask me. Like, let's see right. what we can do. Right. Let's see how we can get it.
1: And that's good to know because can parents also come to you and ask? Say, hey, my child wants this book. Do you think you can find something to that nature?
0: mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. I okay. you know. Uh, budgets are always issues, but, like, libraries work together. So if there's a book that another school has, we ask, we, loan, we interloan with one another. Um, you know, I utilize the public library when I can. Like, we, we try to be very crafty in nature of, like, how can we right. get, because our ultimate goal is, like, we want to be able to, to serve our patrons. Um, so there's a way I can get my hand on the information they're looking for. You know, I, I do my best to do that.
1: Awesome. So, um, my last question, and then I have some announcements before we have to wrap things up. Um, what are some other resources out there um, as we're doing things differently now because of you know the the pandemic and you know we have to go virtual for a lot of things? Are there websites that you think that we can utilize, you know, as a vitiligo community, um, or and or organizations that you may know of that? You think, hey, contact them. Maybe they will partner with you, you know, for future um, events. Because um, I, I don't know. I know you're pretty connected in certain ways, but I, I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit. And if you have some of those resources, you can talk about them, and also you can email me.
0: Um, so I was thinking about this earlier, um, and I was looking and seeing like what resources really are out there for for people that are looking for more information so like you have the vit friends organization i know that there's like Vitalego support groups um i also was looking at um ted talks and i know um, lee thomas has a ted talk that i was looking at i was thinking about how just being able to show something like that in school usually prompts huge discussion with with students and and staff um and sort of making them aware so Those are some good resources you can use. Um, I'm I'm not sure as to beyond that, like you know, um, how else to get that information out there besides the the support groups that you probably already know about. Um, Right. I think those right just because right now. there isn't such an awareness like within schools about vitiligo utilizing your local support networks to try and um, build that sort of like knowledge base in your area. And as that starts to spread, I think like that might be, you know, the best suggestion that I have for right now is like start, start small and local where you are and, you know, see how it expands because, you know, as educators, we all love to to talk to one another and, you know, social media is a big thing. Um, I would say, you know, especially if you start, you know, hashtags and stuff where people can find that information really quickly and and tag it. So it's like categorized for them. Um, We all love, we all love social media, especially, you know, (laughs) Within right. education, I think I think Twitter sometimes can be used really quickly as like a quick um, professional like check in. You know, you follow these educators that you're interested in, and um, you know, you follow their thoughts and and their work. Um, and so, that might be one way to sort of get more knowledge out there. I think about Marley Dias who started the Thousand Books for Black Girls campaign, and it went viral. It started with, like, a little right. hashtag, and, you know, she made this huge impact. Um, so social media can really be quite the tool.
1: And, and we are definitely using social media. Um, we had a big event, and I'm going to lead into my next piece, which is announcing some of our events, and then we're going to wrap up before we get cut off. Um, we had <laughs> a, a wonderful bootastic event uh, i invited a comedian to come on and we did it via zoom so although he's sharing stories you know it was a storytelling event and we're talking we're sharing and laughing it's also a great way so people can see that you know we're normal people we may have vitiligo our skin may look different but we like to laugh we enjoy ourselves you know so we are utilizing social media, um, Facebook Live and Zoom and whatever available to get the message out there. And, and that's one thing we will continue. Um, just for our listeners, I'm going to let you know our next few events. So, you know, November 13th, I have uh, my next podcast with Kristen. One of our – November 20th is our next um, storytelling event, which is our Turkey Talk, and that's with Alicia Rose, and we will – share some stories about Thanksgiving and just have a great old time laughing and and fellowshipping. Then on November 29th, I have Jeremy Ward, one of our members of the Vigiligo community, for my podcast. And then on the 29th, we're doing Trivia Night, and we're using the COVID-hooted platform for trivia. So we are doing things virtually, you know, and one thing about our events, um, Mr. Cardi, is that it's, open for anybody, you know, around the world. So um, anybody that's within our community and friends and family, if they want to join us, you know, we put it out there and, you know, you can be a part of it. And that's one thing I love about the podcast. This is, this can be heard around the world. So Mm -hmm. we are getting the message out, you know, about vitiligo, vitiligo awareness. And um, one thing I will continue to do is reach across the board, reach across the aisle and, and, talk to other people that don't have vitiligo because I feel like we can talk within our community, but it's once we reach out to others that we can truly help spread the the word about vitiligo awareness. And uh, I greatly appreciate you coming on and sharing the information you have because I feel like you are a very valuable asset.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate you asking me um, to be part of this. I appreciate all you've done for our school to spread awareness um within the staff and the students um it's it's just so important you know and i think it, it just goes back to like us being educators and you know we, we're planting seeds and we don't know you know right. what it's going to turn into um sometimes we get the benefit of finding out about that but you know the the work that you're doing is it's it's putting ripples out in the water you know it's 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 creating some changes thank and you. i'm sure you're making people feel welcome and um and that's huge that is such a huge accomplishment whether we know it or not um so thank you for all that you do
1: you're welcome i appreciate it and to our listeners out there feel free to listen to our other podcast um if you go to blogtalkradio.com Backslash friends. You can find all of our past podcasts. Um, and listen to all of them. There's a lot of great information there. Um, from talking to educators to our members to kids, you know, there's a lot of information. There's something for everyone. But Mr. Cardi, I thank you so much for coming on board once again. And and you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Relax, whatever you're gonna do, because Monday's here. <laughs>
0: Thank you. And look for an email from me around 2 a.m. when I remember every book I've ever read. <laughs> I'll, take the the <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it in the morning.
1: I'll take it first thing in the morning. But for our listeners out there, everyone be safe. Make sure you wear your mask and wash your hands and social distance. And um, remember to love each other. That's most important. You'll take care. Have a wonderful Sunday. Bye-bye. You Have a too. Good day. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye.